you guys pray with me? Lord, in a world of chaos and disorder, we know we can come to you. We can cry out to you and know that we can find exactly what we need even when we don't understand what is going on. We pray that you send your Holy Spirit upon us this day as we continue to dive into your most holy word, that you move us not only to greater faith and understanding of your great love for us, but then that you send us out in action, taking your truth and love to a hurting world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So for the majority of us, if not all, once again, we experienced the week that had us crying out, Come, Lord Jesus, come. The brokenness of the world, the brokenness of people, was once again on full display. And my heart still hurts today thinking about all those parents mourning. My heart hurts knowing that, that some people, some of those people, mourn in complete and utter hopelessness. And, and then added the fact that this is a long weekend, right? This, this long weekend we have this, this wonderful opportunity to pause, reflect, and remember all those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we have in this country. These men and, and these women, they were always ready. They were always set. They were always ready and set for action. Any action that they would have to take to protect us, themselves, their friends, their allies, their brothers and sisters in arms. So as we once again see all the sin and hate in our nation and our world, and as we remember those who sacrificed their lives for our freedoms we have, we can't help but reflect on these words that just kept appearing to me this week. Behold, I am making all things new. Yet, to completely understand this, we have to go back a few verses. We're in the book of Revelation, in, in chapter 21, where you have this loud voice coming from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Behold, I am making all things new. These words from Revelation 21 are fully trustworthy and true because of Jesus. 
These words were, were ones that I needed this past week. These words are ones that we all need. Over and over and over again, they appeared in my devotions, in articles I was reading, in emails I was receiving. These were important words. These are life-changing words. I think it's safe to say that we have a problem here in America. Friends, we have a problem in this nation. And it's not going to be fixed by people arguing over aisles or shouting over one another, calling each other names, tearing each other down. It will not be fixed by just creating and enforcing more new laws. Because the new laws and the, all the old laws that we have will still be broken. No matter what we do, there will always be tears. There will always be mourning. There will always be crying. And there will always be pain here in the United States and across this world. Because the problem is sin. The problem is evil. The problem is hate. Yet those words from Revelation 21 don't talk about what is. That's why there's so much power in them. They talk about what will be. They talk about no more crying. They, they talk about no more tears. They talk about no more pain and no more suffering. They talk about no more death and no more mourning. For these things have passed away. These atrocities will be gone. For as was said from the throne, I am making all things new. God said these words, friends. God the Father said these words, and he is right. And he's right not only because he's God and he's always right, but because this, this new creation, him making all things new, new, has already started to appear. Yes, the fullness of these words will not be completed until Jesus Christ comes back again. But this new creation, all these things being made, being made new, appears daily through the gospel truth. Jesus, friends, it has to be, it needs to be always about Jesus. We're taking some time this weekend to get another extra day off, right, to, 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 to pause and reflect on the, on the great freedoms we have here. How about we do that right now? Let's, let's take a moment to pause and reflect and remember once again this gospel, this life-saving, this life-changing truth that comes to us from God. Right? You, you know it well. From God through Jesus. Starts here, right? The ultimate sacrifice. 
Jesus gave his life on the cross. He gave it. He didn't have to. He gave his life on the cross, nailed to a tree, suffered, died for you and me. Jesus died on that cross for his friends. He died on that cross for his enemies. He died on that cross for all his people. And guess what? God was making all things new. How? Through Christ. He died. He rose. He ascended. And yes, he's coming back again. That the pain, the evil, and the hurt of this world will never be fully gone. It won't be. No matter what we try to do, no matter what lawmakers try to say, it will never be fully gone until Jesus comes back again and makes all things new. And this will be a great day because this is when people no longer mourn. This is when people will no longer suffer. But not all people, right? Jesus is coming back to make all things new. But not all people believe in Jesus Christ. So only those who by the power of the Holy Spirit have been brought to faith will see fully what this means. And so that begs to ask the question, how then will they be brought to faith? How will they hear? How will they know unless the followers of Jesus Christ are ready and set to spring into action and go where he sends them to go. You see, while all things will not be made new until Jesus comes back again, God's plan of action is already in place. He's already activated it. The new creation, the new thing, already appears through the proclamation of the gospel. So when you share the gospel, God is at work creating new things through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes lives. The Holy Spirit changes lives. In this study, this, this series of Ready, Set, Action, we saw this just a couple weeks ago in the conversion of Paul. Right? How Jesus met him on the road. He went from wanting to murder Christians and watching the murder of Stephen to having his heart changed, his eyes open, his life renewed. How that Holy Spirit came upon him and, and he was baptized. And then immediately how he was sent out and told to go and take the name of Jesus with him wherever he went. And Paul did just that. Sometimes, though he did not go where he thought he was to go, Haley talked about this a little bit. You see, time after time, God shut the door to one land on Paul. And he opened up another door into a new area. God was always directing Paul to where he needed to be. So that he would be speaking with the right people at the right time who needed Jesus. 
In our reading today from Acts 16, we see just this. The Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit of Jesus in there. And that that just means the Holy Spirit, okay? So the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, was not allowing Paul and Silas to travel to any place but Macedonia. Door after door is being shut. Until finally in this vision, Paul was led to Macedonia to proclaim the good news. To tell people that, that while they have tears and sorrow and pain, they are a new creation. New things are happening in Jesus. In this Jesus who came to wipe away all their tears and all their sorrows. I love this one, right? This is one of my favorite aspects of, of Acts because there's that saying out there, um, we plan and God laughs, right? We plan and, and, and God laughs. And that's exactly what's going on here. And this is sometimes how it is for us. Our plans do not always go as we think they should. So let's bring it into the gospel, though, here. Our plans for the spread of the gospel does not always go as we hope it would go. Sometimes we think we're supposed to go to this person or to to these people. And yet, you know what God does? He closes that door. But then he sends us to where he wants us to go. He sends us to whom he wants us to go to. God directs us. God directs us, his messengers, to the places and the people that he always wants us to go, to where he wants us to be. So how does he do this? By the power of who? Holy Spirit, that's right. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And how do we understand this? But through prayer, through conversation with God. So by prayer and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we answer the call to where he wants us to go, and we live our lives for him. Believing that if God sends us to these people, who then are we to say no? Who then are we to stand in God's way? So that's what we see here with Paul, right? God leads Paul right to Macedonia, to the outskirts of Philippi. He directs him down to the riverbank. And there, Paul and Silas They sit down. They, they, they sit down. They, they, they don't stand up. They, they sit down with the people who are there. And, and who's there? Some women. Some women who are on the outskirts of the city who have gathered there. And, and, and this is an important thing to understand. They sit down. They're not lecturing. They're not standing up and saying, look at me and listen to us. No, they're sitting down, and if you're sitting down, what are you probably having? Just a conversation. They're having conversations with these women. Now, what do you think these conversations were about? Jesus, right? Of course, right? What happened to Paul? He's been changed. He's been changed and sent to go speak of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak truth and love to others. So this group of women who had gathered together to pray listened. 
and talked, and they listened and talked. And, and one woman, woman named Lydia was moved by the Holy Spirit. Luke said this in Acts 16, verse 14. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Who did the work? The Lord. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul was saying. What did Paul do? He just spoke the words that who gave him? The Holy Spirit. How? In conversation. How comforting for us. Right? You don't have to get up in front here, guys. You don't have to take 23 to 25 minutes and, 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 and preach a message. You just speak. Paul just speaks. The, the Holy Spirit gives him the words. And, and he shares them in, in conversation. And by that, the Holy Spirit changes the heart of Lydia. Friends, the same Holy Spirit is at work in you right now, today. As you go out and, and as you be Christ's witness, you just have conversations with people. You, you just love them. You, you share his love, his name, sometimes in words, sometimes in actions, and sometimes in both. And he does the rest. He does the rest. He does the work of converting. Our responsibility, yes, responsibility is what it is, like Paul, is to just share the good news of Jesus. In our world today, what do people need? Good news. In our nation today, what do people need? Good news. In our state, in our community, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, what do people need? Good news. And what is the only good news? Jesus. Everything else will burn, guys. Jesus is the only good news. Jesus who is making all things new. Jesus who rescues us from the perils of this world. Jesus who wipes away every tear from our eyes. Jesus who has defeated all sin and all evil. Jesus is all that we need. He is the good news. And so with the word of Jesus being active and alive, the Holy Spirit works. Right? We saw that with, with Lydia. 
The Holy Spirit works to move people to pay attention to the good news, to pay attention to the gospel, and to change their lives. Guess what happens then? For a lot of us, this is hard to understand. But, but what happens when people are changed by the good news? What happens when people are changed by the Holy Spirit? And then they come to know for the first time that, that Jesus Christ died and rose again for them, forgave them for all their sins. You know what they are? They're excited. They are moved by the gift they have received. They're so moved that they want to share it with others. Just look at this first part of Acts 16, 15. Lydia, after she was baptized, and her household as well, urged us. Let me just stop there. Lydia was baptized. She was so excited. She was so moved. She was so filled with the Holy Spirit that what she had heard from Paul and Silas, that she was baptized, and then she went home and told her, Family, but not just her family, her whole household. That meant her, her family, her children, her servants, whoever was in that household. They were so moved by that, then what? They too were baptized. You want to talk about quick multiplication? One person taking it to the house, the spirit doing the work. And then those people were probably what? Ooh, yay. No, this is the response to people that, that truly understand, that truly grasp, that truly get the saving truth of Jesus. Lydia was so excited. She was on fire. You see, not only did Lydia understand the life-changing effects of the gospel for herself, she immediately understood her need to share it with others. Why? Because others needed what she had so badly. Others needed good news. God at work in Lydia, through Lydia, by the power of the Holy Spirit, making all things new. So the, the question we have to ask the church, not only us that are gathered here today, but the, the, the Christian church at large, at large is, are we that excited? This life that we have in Christ from God, this Christian life, this life of discipleship, is the gift that we continually receive, right? From God, through Jesus Christ, to me. And it just stops there, right? No, that, that, that's exactly the wrong mentality. It flows from God, through Jesus Christ, to me, and then where? Out to others. That's what Lydia shows us. So are we that excited to do this? Think about it. God forgives you in Jesus Christ. I could sit down, right? Isn't that amazing? Have you ever thought about how bad you are? About how, how many sins you have done? How far you have taken yourself away from Christ and, and living for him? I have. So isn't it amazing to know that God forgives you in Jesus Christ? 
Isn't it amazing to know that while we deal with pain and suffering, loss and mourning, that Jesus makes all things new? That in him and in him alone, we have hope? Isn't that amazing? I think it is. So then, if this is so amazing for us, how does the good news of Jesus change our lives? Does the good news of Jesus change your life? And if it does, shouldn't we want others to know what we know? To have what we have? Some very disturbing numbers came across my desk this week. I'm going to share these with you because it says a lot about where the the state of the the Christian nation of America is. Right now, only 42% of practicing Christians believe it is a mandate that they share the gospel. I don't know exactly what practicing Christian means. If that means, on average, you go to church two times a month, if that's what a practicing Christian is today, I don't know. But they also said this, only 25%, one in four of Christians, believe it is a mandate to share the gospel. One in four. All the while, 85% of pastors believe it's a mandate for all the followers of Jesus to be sharing the good news. I, I saw this and I'm like, this is why I beat my head against the desk or against the wall so often. Because one in four, 25% of Christians believe that they are to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We love it so much, right? We love getting these gifts. We love receiving. But we've got to be like Lydia. Moved by the power of the Holy Spirit, not only to receive it and know the great truth of this, but then to share it. I'm going to be done here, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to end with, with this thought. I don't know where God is sending me, and you don't know where God is sending you. We don't know who we will have the opportunity to chat with. And we don't necessarily know how God will use us. But we do know this. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are. Whether you allow that to work inside you or not, as a believer of Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And we are sent as saved children of God through Jesus Christ out into a world that is hurting that is crying, that is mourning. We know people need what we have because we know that Jesus changes our lives. So friends, it is my prayer that amidst the hurt and the pain, amidst the evil and the suffering of this world, that you are energized with what Christ has done for you. That that you leave here today just even a little bit more excited to share what God has done 
for you with others by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So more may know that God in Jesus is making all things new. And his words, friends, and only his words are trustworthy and true. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.